Whoa, hang on a second, Justin. What's the name of our show again? Yes, Scolazo listeners, and welcome to you, to Football Friends. Oh, friend! Uh, my name is Sam, and I'm here with Justin. Hey, Sam, how's it going? Mate, I'm good this week. I'm good. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Uh, refreshed after a weekend off Premier League football. Yeah, no Premier League football, but some Nations League that we can wrap ourselves around, and obviously it was the deciders this week, so it's a bit more important than your normal glorified friendly. It was, it was indeed, and, and was a bit of a, a bit of a thriller over there in Europe. Um, some of the results, which we'll, we'll go into a little bit later. But Sam, do you want to tell our listeners what we are going to go over this week? Oh, it's going to be a treat this week, Justin, for you listeners. So, firstly, we will recap all of the uh, major talking points from the Nations League, so you don't have to. Uh, we will then do our traditional weekly football friend and football foe, which will, of course, be based on Nations League uh, games. We'll then move into a debate, and I think we can probably give up the little talk about what the debate is, right, Justin? Or do you want to keep that a secret? Yeah, yeah, I think we can. Uh, I kind of let the cat out of the bag a little bit to one of our good listeners, FPL Lewis, on Twitter. Yeah. Anyway, Sam, <laughs> so you can uh, do the honours of doing it here on the show. To be fair, it's not much of a surprise. This week we actually put out on uh, on Instagram, we put out to a poll on what people would like uh, our debate to be this week or our discussion, and and we, we, are men, we are men of the people, and we've gone with the top player for a non-six club, non-top top player for a... Uh, one of the not the big six clubs. I don't know how to say that's that. Right. You got that's... there in the end. <laughs> Basically, uh, who we think's the best player outside the big six. There you go. That's a, that's yeah. And we don't know who each other have got here. So I actually I have got two up my sleeve just in case the one that you're going with is the same as mine. But yeah, look, we're we're going to surprise each other with with our choices uh, a little bit later on. Yeah, and uh, and then we'll obviously finish up. Fans, don't don't you worry. We'll obviously, as per usual, have uh, Justin's infamous multi uh, and the competition to get on board with on our social medias to win a win a significant cash prize potentially. Uh, so speaking that's of correct. our so- speaking of our socials, mate, how can they get <clears throat> in touch? Yeah, that's correct, Sam. Uh, so on Twitter, we are underscore football friend or at underscore football friend. Our Twitter handle. And on Instagram, it's footballfriends, one word, underscore podcast. Um, so, yeah, we'd love to, to hear from you. And that's the two places to go to enter the weekly competition to be in the running for a pretty decent prize this week. Yeah, and we always have polls and questions and things we'd like to then refer back to on the show. So we appreciate yeah. it if you guys can get in touch. If you want to get yourself semi-famous, uh, you might make <laughs> an appearance on this show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, mate. Well, let's just kick straight off onto the uh, into the Nations League. As we sort of briefly mentioned, this was the final round of games to decide who would be relegated, promoted, uh, or sent through to the uh, the famous <laughs> Nations League finals. I guess. Um, where do you want to start? Yeah. Well, may as well start start at the top, shouldn't we? Um, must be said. I think there's still maybe ga- and sent a lot of games tonight or a round of games tonight in some of the groups, so it's not completely over with yet, but, but the big dogs in the top division have, have all wrapped up, and yeah, who's, who's, who's saying this isn't exciting? The three of the top four divisions were decided in 
bizarre circumstances, really. Mm. You got England, Switzerland, and Holland, and yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go into it. What were your thoughts on first off England's performance, Sam? Yeah, um, before you even start on that, I was talking to my dad earlier, and he was. Um, I know that I had earlier used the Nations League as a footballing foe of mine, which is obviously not a good. You don't only have that hung around your neck, but. Um, he was arguing, and I, it's hard to disagree, that the, the Nations League is certainly more interesting than it would have been if these had stayed friendlies, is it not? Yeah, 100%. 100%. The, this is what I was an advocate for um, for it all along, is all it's doing is it's not replacing anything but friendlies. Yeah, it might be commercialising them a little bit more and making more money off them, but you know, try telling that to little kids in the crowd at Wembley who are absolutely buzzing with coming home blaring after yeah. Harry Kane scores a, an 86 minute winner to, to win the group for England like I think everyone has basically said that's the um, most electrifying moment, moment England's had at the new Wembley um, mm. wow. and you know this would have been a, just a glorified friendly where guys like Will Hughes and the like would have just got in a call up for the sake of it yeah. if it was just a regular friendly so yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right, and you, I, I can vouch for you, mate, that you have said for years that you need, that you thought there was some needed to be some sort of meaning to the friendlies, and uh, and here we are. Yeah, look, I don't think it's perfect as yet, but look, these three games here in, in the top divisions um, go a long way to to making it kind of a bit of a, a classic feel. In in England, you had that that result two nil or one nil down with 20 minutes to go, about to get relegated. Um, go on and win it with, with five minutes left on the clock. Mm. Um, you had the Switzerland-Belgian game. Did you catch what happened there, Sam? Yeah, that was an outrageous. There's certainly Ridiculous. goals to be had there. Oh, my God. So Switzerland had to win by two or more goals and were 2-0 down. That. I didn't know that. They, they had to win 4-2 once they got 2-0 down. And I don't know if they got to 2 all by half time, but, yeah, ended up 5-2 winners there. Um, mm. Holland in their group with Germany, so Germany I think were guaranteed to go down regardless, 2-0 up against Holland Holland needed a point to to win their group with France the other side in it, and Holland scored two goals in the last five minutes to get the point to progress to the finals so, and a shout out, a big big shout out to Big Verge for getting the the goal for them yep, so look, that was just thrilling stuff, I guess, across those three top divisions. Um, and, yeah, Germany relegated. That's, that's, I guess, the big standout piece. I guess the other sides relegated were, were somewhat expected. But mm. Germany are really, really battling at the moment. I think one of the things that I really like about how this Nations League has shaped up is that there are so few teams in each pool that there will always be a shock, oh, yeah. relegation, yep. or promotion. You know, like Germany yep. always going down, or France, or England, or whoever it might be that goes down. Yeah, there's I always agree. good teams going down and coming back up, and it creates could that, be, yeah. yeah, and it could be a selling point for potentially a future expanded um, World Cup. Mm. I think groups of three. I think there there might be room for less dead rubbers. Um, yeah. Play each other twice, or, or something of that ilk. Um, maybe sixteen groups of three in a forty-eight team World Cup um, might actually work. That means you think that New Zealand might finally make the World Cup. Well, they can make it. They might actually make it through a stage <laughs> of the World Cup. 
Mate, they almost uh, undefeated at the last yeah. World Cup. Yeah, no, that, that's that's correct. They were the only undefeated team, I think, <laughs> at um, one World Cup. I'm not sure if Spain also went undefeated. Uh, yeah, one of two, maybe. Yeah, but, maybe Spain. But yeah, onto onto a couple of the other the yeah, further sorry. down the, the leagues. Um, so League B, I think there's still one group to be decided, but Ukraine, Bosnia and Denmark have been promoted up to the top division. Um, Denmark had a result against Ireland on nil all with Ireland overnight where Christian Eriksen said that Ireland were too scared to play football. Yeah. Um, and they are now relegated out of League B into League C <laughs> along with their Northern Ireland, uh, or their neighbours, Northern Ireland, uh, Turkey and Slovakia, the two other sides relegated out of League B. Mm-hmm. Um, any surprises there for you, Sam? Um, oh, I don't... I don't think so. And it's a pretty even I, pool of teams. I think that that B division. Yeah, and it's not like I'm saying I'm su- like I'd be surprised, like because I know what I'm talking about or anything. Um, I just yeah, I don't know. Football seems, podcast, Sam. We've been yeah, know what we're should, talking about. Yeah, I know a little bit. I know a little bit. But I just feel that I don't know. With a whole new competition, it's interesting to see how it was going to shape up, how the teams would play. I mean, you got you've got World Cup champions three months ago. You know, not qualifying for the finals in a. And this, and so I, it wasn't necessarily a surprise in how everyone went, but no, I don't. In particular, I don't think Group B had anything crazy happen, did it? No, and I think that was another thing I liked about this was just how even it it is um, across that that sort of mid group. Um, you know, on paper, Turkey, you know, with the the home ground advantage that they can have, wouldn't have surprised you that they'd you know outperform a, a Bosnia or a Denmark. But yeah, uh, I guess. Special mention to Bosnia. Uh, I think they'd just made their first Euros two, was it two years ago? Yeah. Um, first major tournament, and now, yeah, up big boys in Europe. So that's yeah. pretty exciting for them. Mm. Um, then we've moved on to, to League C. Uh, still a few groups here to be decided. Um, I think the winner out of Israel and Scotland, when they meet, will go up, along with, I think there's a Serbia and Romania clash. Mm. Um, and Finland and Norway go up into League B, having won their groups. Mm. And dropping down to the lowest uh, division is Lithuania, Slovenia and Estonia. Uh, not a heap of a surprise there, I guess, but perhaps Slovenia. Yeah. Um, yes, we've seen them in, in World Cups and Euros before. Um, so, yeah, that's that's obviously... A kick to their teeth, being mm. being dropped down to the Minnow League. Um, what, what are your thoughts, Sam, on on Estonia being relegated? Put <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> you on the spot. There's yeah. only two things you know about Estonia, isn't there? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I I'm disappointed for the Estonians. That's for sure. <laughs> we both lived with an Estonian. Yeah, yeah. Good look, good good looking group of people. Um, um, I guess. Didn't, didn't you? Doesn't Liverpool have an Estonian player? No, not currently. Oh, what's he? What's Cleven? I thought he was Estonian. Oh, uh, right. What's he? Is he maybe is he Latvian? Uh, let me think. What is? I oh, know you're right. He is Estonian. That's so. terrible. Yeah. It's shocking. Maybe ah. I need. To, maybe I need to be replaced next week. It's <laughs> <a> shocking. <laughs> it's shocking. Uh, oh, sorry, um, mate. That's terrible. 
Oh, I'm relegating you down to League B with it. So, <laughs> and taking your place will be Georgia, Belarus, <laughs> one of Kosovo and Azerbaijan, and Macedonia. Who... So we need we need to find someone whose name is either Kosovo, Azerbaijan, or, or Georgia. Yeah, if anyone which knows is... a Georgia. I do uh, know. I do know a Georgia. So she can well, take Georgina. your place next week. <laughs> um, and yeah, just to mention to Macedonia. So if anybody who's listening from. Australia, um, perhaps here's my TV get turned up a little bit in the next half an hour. We are recording here on a Tuesday night and there's <laughs> Pride and Prejudice on the background. And I want to see this Macedonian mum lose it at her son for marrying a girl he doesn't approve of. So, Can you, can you give a quick 30-second <laughs> overview of what the problem is with this couple? Uh, well, the daughter who's way too hot for the son... Uh, apparently got drunk <laughs> once and snuck into the window of the son's house and threw up and she's lazy and smells like cats. Okay. This, is, this is according to the Macedonian mum who is about 6 foot 103 kilos <laughs> and looks like an ogre. Has a cat, uh, has a cat on her head. <laughs> yeah, so basically she has a problem with the hot uh, daughter-in-law. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> that was good. That was good. <laughs> and that's the Nations League wrap up. <laughs> hey, just while we're on the Nations League, I did want to did want to touch a little more on England. Um, congratulations to them through to the semi-finals, I suppose you'd call them, of the Nations League next next June when the finals are on. Um, mate, I I I don't think that England are getting as much praise as they really should here. There's something that they haven't picked up on that the everything I've read. You and I have had lots of discussions about how England seemed to succeed at that World Cup uh, using three five two formation, and which clearly didn't seem to suit them. You know, they they did do well, arguably mainly to face from set weaker teams, and they got to play weaker teams potentially. Yeah, um, although you can yeah. only bet who's in front of you, but there clearly wasn't something there, right? There was something missing, mm. and it was not it wasn't getting the best out of them. So for Southgate to switch back to a four three three throughout this throughout this Nations League and succeed ahead of Spain and Croatia is nothing short of almost yep. a miracle. And look, they they have so many options in this system that yeah. like really look like working. You've got Barkley keeping well Dali Ali and Barkley going for one spot. Yeah, keeping keeping got, Ali out of the out of the picture at yeah, the moment. You got Delphin Winks going for one of the midfield spots. Probably got Dyer ahead of Henderson for the holding midfield spot. Then out wide, oh, and you've also got Lingard who can come in if they're looking for a goal into that uh, Delph spot. Mm. Uh, or, into, Kane, or into the attack. Yeah, Rashford, yeah. Kane, Sterling pick themselves. Mm. Um, you've got options. Callum uh, Wilson scored a goal and played well. Callum, yeah, Callum Wilson's a genuine you know option to play the same role as Kane. Mm. You know, he's not at that level, but it's. They're basically the same height, he's same build. He's an option. He is. He he's is, an option. He's something different. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's not even something different. He's. He's a. I mean, he's, he's, yeah. He's another option. He's someone. It's better than. He, the no he's one. not what Jamie like Jamie Vardy and Kane play a completely different game. Yes. Um, so when he was his number two, if England were trying to play a style, that it wouldn't work when Vardy whenever Vardy came in for Kane. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas this is a genuine. Let's give Kane a rest um, in this game. We don't have to change the way we play. Um, but, yeah, that, there's just so many options at right back now. You've got Walker, Alexander-Arnold, Trippier. Um, That's crazy, Chilwell, isn't it? Arguably, probably the strongest. Trippier was probably the, the player of the tournament for them, and he's 
probably not in the squad at the moment, I'd say. He's the third choice uh, of those three. Um, uh, do you not think, arguably, just to, just to add, do you not, is it, it's probably true that England probably have the strongest depth at right back in the world. Ah, oh, easily. That, that's not a position that you'd, you don't you know, really have a heap of standout options. In, but Alexander-Arnold and Walker are, are genuinely right up there. Um, and, and Trippier. Well, I mean, apart from uh, not, not so great for Spurs this year, but mm. thinking about his World Cup form, maybe not as, as a right-back instead of a wing-back, but still an outstanding option. Yeah, he's got, obviously, that asset in the locker room that, you know, the, the dead ball specialist, um, yeah. which is just so useful to have. Um, mm. But yeah, even at centre-back, uh, Joe Gomez and Stones, Harry Maguire. <clears throat> yeah, Maguire being kicked out of the team is outrageous. Yeah. Um, Pickford seems to enjoy himself in an England shirt, always seems to rise to the occasion. Pickford's been outstanding. Um, and then, yeah, Ben Chilwell's come in, got Luke Shaw at left-back. They've got options all over the park now. They're, now, none of these are... Superstar names by yeah. all means, but there's a lot of options there, and um, oh, it's pretty promising for England. And, and how much would you put down then to the the current state of the England team being down to Southgate, and how much would you put it down to just the development of these players? I think Southgate's whole mantra um, about embracing and enjoying their time together, mm. they seem to get on really well. I yeah. think. You see on social media, you know, a bit of banter between like, even guys like Madison who's been brought into the yeah. side once, him and Dali Alley or Lingard and Dyer or Lingard and Alley. Like, and the way no they clicks like they used to, to be, seem to be. Yeah. They seem to really enjoy each other's success and enjoy being in that squad. And I think that's that's got to go down to him. Well, he's the he's obviously the staff member that's front of mind when, when you look at all this. Mm. So he gets probably credit for so many people's work who've identified this is what's let England down over the years is the clicks, the tension, the the real depressive nature of, you know, all their camps and mm. going into tournaments was always like, oh, who's going to be the yeah. the villain? Um, now it's almost like they put an England shirt on and say, oh, I want to see Lingard do well. doesn't who's matter if you're Who's going to be the guy to do something great? City fan, City fan, Arsenal fan, whatever. Um, put the England shirt on, you know. They think people are embracing, supporting the, the three lines on the shirt rather than their their club players. Um, yeah. And it's really rubbing off, I think, on, on the team as a whole. Yeah, I think you've nailed it, actually. That's It, it is... Um... It's been a massive problem, hasn't it, the the culture in the squad? You know, I remember reading Stephen Gerrard's book and him saying about how, yeah. you know, with the internationals Oops. approaching, there's like a dark cloud coming that they just want nothing to do with it. And how hard that must be to overcome. Yeah, and I think the managers back then um, put a lot of pressure on their their players to not give up, like stick together and, and whatnot. And I think maybe because... There's so few uh, English players at top mm. clubs playing all the time now that their managers aren't afraid of too much getting out. You know, if Harry Kane's good friends with Alexander Arnold, you know, yeah. there's no real um, worry about that. And the rivalries there when the league team's on, but they're getting together and, and enjoying and, and getting the best out of each other. Like, you know, the Italy's and the France and Spain's tended to do, you know, 
Yeah, and, and remember, I mean, that in the last uh, 15 years, they've had Sven in charge, they've had Capello in charge. I don't want to talk about um, McLaren <laughs> or Hodgson or Allardyce. Or Allardyce. <laughs> But they've had some good managers who have not been able to overcome at yeah. all, not even come close to even touching well, this, this terror. This, this is exactly what I now. think. This is exactly what I think would have happened if they made the right choice going with Redknapp instead of Hodgson. So if they went right. the non-company man and and Redknapp, this would have happened back then. He would have. He was a very simple. Your players go out and play, express yourself, sort of manager. Yeah. Uh, he would have made camp fun. He would have got a lot more out of that group. I can't remember who who Hodgson had now at the time, but he would have got more out of them and they would have got more enjoyment out of, say, an eight- to ten-year spell um, under Redknapp than they would have mm. the Hodgson-Allardyce mess. And, you know, it still probably would have been handed over to Southgate now and they just would have been, you know, in that frame of mind instead of him having to create this thing that he did yeah. last World Cup, um, he would have got it, you know, already kind of semi-established. But I'm not yeah, sure Southgate was well. ever, was ever, the job was never intended for him, right? I mean, you don't expect to appoint Adelaide to give him one game before he gets no. found out for dodgy dealings in Abu Dhabi or wherever he was. Yeah, um, well, I think they, they, were, they were going down that Allardyce, you know, can go down that path where oh, what a he dark can get them. that would be. Oh. That he can get them playing the Bolton Wanderers way from about ten years oh, ago, gosh. and f- the fun that they because they they did actually play some attacking football. Oh, they had Jojo Kotcher. I think that's the yeah. reason they were. <laughs> yeah, so I think he was maybe preaching that he was just going to go let them do their thing. Oh wow! I don't know. I don't no. know. He just he, he had he made some comments around. He found it kind of ironic that England's two goals came from set pieces, and if he was in charge. Uh, he would have been probably sacked for just getting goals from set pieces. <laughs> so there's a little bit of irony in there. And, and Southgate took the piss out of himself and, and England a little bit too, saying maybe we're not the, and New England were the same old set piece England. <laughs> so good to see he's not taking himself too seriously. Mm, mm. Which I think is half the, half the reason why uh, the players seem to be enjoying it a bit more too. He, he seems like he doesn't, he obviously feels the pressure and. Um, hasn't worn it as much as other managers has, but he sees the need to, you know, not take everything so seriously yeah. Um, to, to yeah, get that out of the, the squad. Yeah. All right, mate. Well, with that, I think that's, I think we've covered enough about no, that's a wrap, and, yeah. and the Nations League. We know, because I know, like, I'm a, I'm a fan of the Nations League, but I know many listeners and many, many Premier League fans hate international breaks and hate the concept, but. They're not going anywhere. These internationals are always going to be in the calendar. Mm. Um, so, yeah, just got to embrace it, just recharge. I know for me it worked out perfectly. I had a Bucks weekend <laughs> over the weekend, so I wouldn't have been watching any <laughs> Premier League. So it meant I missed out on nothing. But um, And if anything, you could argue that this is where football friends, uh, you and I, Justin, we come into our own because we cover this action so you don't have to. Yep. And we yep. can, you can tell you what's been yep, happening. speed, yeah. There's your whole Nations League. Done. Boom. You're welcome. 20 minutes. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's let's move on and uh, focus on something a little more specific with our weekly football friend and football foe. Football foe. That's it. Uh, Who are we going with here, Sam? You can, are you going to start us off? Mate, yeah, I can start us off. I can start us off. I've certainly got a friend, uh, and it's Big Virg. Big Virgil van Dyke. Uh, and 
For a simple reason, really. This morning he used his boot and volleyed home to send the Netherlands to the Nations League semi-finals. And a year ago, they missed out on qualifying for the World Cup in its entirety. So for that reason and that reason alone, and I know there was a lot to do with the Netherlands' progress, I think that he's very meriting of his position this week as my footballing footballing friend. Um, I don't have a footballing phone. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know how I else to, to paint that one. This one slide. <laughs> All right, I, I don't know I'll, who to, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll do it for us since he's generally, I'll start with my foe since you've uh, <laughs> allowed, <laughs> allowed this one to slip. I'm surprised we didn't have the same one here. Uh, he's normally in our, in our guns very quickly when he stuffs up. It's uh, old Bobby Martinez, Roberto Martinez, the oh, Belgian coach. right. Throwing a 2-0 lead away yeah. and losing 5-2. Wow, yeah, how true, did I miss that? True Martinez style. Um, that's, I could have imagined your... I could just hear your words now in my ear, Sam. Defensive Typical calamity. Mar- <laughs> the oh. joke of a manager that he is. Yeah. I can't even get started. I, haven't, I don't deserve to get started because I missed it. So no, <laughs> you, you no. have free reign Well, here. there's not much more that needs to be said. And, and, and it flows into my football friend, actually, too. So... The uh, winner of my football friend is Harris, I might pronounce this wrong, Seferovic. You're going to have to provide some uh, background on this one. So he scored a hat-trick in that 5-2 win. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I really shouldn't have missed this game. Yeah, so he, uh, and he's a a bit of a sentimental one for me. So as I've I've said on a couple of shows before and posted on Twitter, I'm a big uh, football manager fan and, and player of many, many of the titles, and he's actually one of my favourite signings for when I was in charge of Brentford a couple of seasons back. I, the Bees. I signed him on a Bossman free transfer the year I got Brentford uh, promoted to the Premier League. Um, no, the year before. Right. He scored 25 goals for me in the championship, helped keep me up uh in the first season of the Premier League. Is this why he's your football friend? <laughs> I know I know more so about his uh, football manager performance <laughs> from about four years ago than I do the hat trick. <laughs> he scored about 15, 20 goals. I ended up selling him for about 15 mil. So, wow. yeah, look, he's always, always see the name, and I'm like, oh, I remember him. And when I saw the name pop up and I saw the highlights for the game and he got a hat trick, I'm like, this, what a guy. How's he, how's he guy. not playing in the Premier League, scoring 15 goals like he did? Yeah, for me true. a few years ago. True, very true, very true. Oh, good shout, mate. And, uh, yeah, I apologise for not having a foe. I figure it's nice to not have some negative feedback on players sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, and that's why I went for Martin. He, he deserves <laughs> it. <that's fine>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. All right, well, um, man, that was a quick one this week. We, we, we knocked that one out of the park pretty pretty quick sharp which moves us on to the uh the discussion topic that was picked by you you football friends listeners uh and we appreciate your feedback of course uh which is justin perhaps you're better at summarizing this than i am (laughs) (laughs) your uh attempt in the intro Uh, basically but we asked uh what what you'd rather i can't remember what the other topic was now but it was for us to pick who we think the best player outside the the big six, so we're not saying the top six since United. Oh, no, I, was, I was waiting the, to get to that. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> so no, you can't pick uh, Marcus Rashford. <laughs> um, so yeah, outside the, the stereotypical, the big six uh, clubs. So 
who do we think is the best player? Um, so I might let you lead us off here, Sam, just yeah. to, to get the ball rolling. I know that, um, mate, we've talked a few bit, a bit about this little segment and that it's obviously sometimes more of a discussion more than a, a debate of sorts, and this is certainly falling into that discussion category, I think. Um, the first thing that sprung to mind for me when I was trying to pick my person, and by the way, great shoutlessness, this is a very good topic, so thank you for choosing uh, this as our our discussion this week. And we'd um, love to actually hear from you, so post up uh, or reply to our um, new episode tweet, I'll... I'll put the question in there and we'd love to hear from you guys too but yeah off you go again Sam just thought came to my mind and thought I'd cut you off (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's good um the thing that struck me was how hard it was to pick someone from one of these teams and and that sort of rammed home to me how how much the top teams have stockpiled the top talents not to say that every every position that they have is the best position in the league but in terms of who I consider in that bracket of world-class and then very, very good, there's very few, if any, players that are outside the top six that are falling into those teams. So it sort of falls into that bracket of just like sort of seven and a half at a, or an eight out of ten. Maybe that's doing them a disservice. But anyway, I think you might know what I mean, that there's sort of that third tier, that, that there seems to be sort of quite a few guys. And so once I was trying to figure out who to go with, it was hard to pin down one, but... I think I'll go with what's clearly the obvious choice in Wilfred Zahar. Um, I was, I, I must admit, mate, I've been trying to find <coughs> someone else to pick just so I didn't go with the obvious answer. If I was to give someone else, it was going to be Nathan Ake from, um, oh, from yeah, Bournemouth. Not a bad shout, that, yeah. he's, he's been really good. Um, and while I'm here, I may as well shout out to uh, Jake who commented on Instagram shouting out Jordan Pickford, which I think is another very good shout for for another player, particularly after his heroics in the Nations League. He's been really good. Um, but anyway, back to Wilfred Zaha. Um, it's quite simply, like the hashtag on Instagram says, no, no Zaha, no party. Um, he's Palace are essentially a one-man team uh, and a team that have got a lot of good players in spite of struggling in the league this year. Um, you know, it, his goals and assists may not seem crazy last year. Nine goals, three assists. This year's only three goals, one assist. But as a ratio for what Palace Palace's output in front of goal, he is it essentially. Um, so I think for both providing that kind of um, that kind of sort of spearhead for the Palace attack and dealing with the pressure that's coming from being the man for them, uh, as well as being a hometown boy for Palace, uh, yeah, he gets the nod for me. Um, okay. What about you, mate? That's an interesting choice. Um, so for me, I, I like I agree with what you were saying. With there's a lot in in a similar bracket, so yeah. I kind of went with my choice on who, not necessarily who. A lot of I good defenders. To, a lot of good defenders out of the yeah, top six. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Maguire. Yeah. Um, they they came to mind. But Does Sacco still I, count? I don't know. Mm, nah. It's too, <laughs> <laughs> when he's bad, he's very very bad. Um. But what I I, kind of, I just went with who I enjoy watching the most um, mm. when they're playing well. Um, Richarlison was close. He he was worth. Oh, that's a, amazing! He he's not your boy. No, he was he was close. He was he was it until another name came to my head, and he's in a similar vein to Wilfred Zaha. He is it for for his team, and it's Marko Nautovic. Yeah. Um, I think I really looked at it and thought if I'm even considering him, and I. 
I, I don't really like West Ham all that much, and I'm considering him. That's saying enough, really, yeah. isn't it? It's he's. I think uh, Joff, who we had as a, a guest podcast, he called him uh, Zlatan Light, <laughs> and it's so true. Like the, yeah. uh, watching him at Stoke the, a few years back, and I'm like, wow, that guy out wide, like he's got a bit more about him than, than I think Hughes is getting the most of. Like I think he's more like a striker and. Yeah, he'd, he'd do some stupid stuff, but then he'd do something amazing, and you just you just needed that to be the main figure somewhere. And he got that a little bit at Stoke, moved centrally, and played up front. And yeah, he's he's someone that I think is a bit top six Champions League level when he's on. Um, yeah, and he's got his mind. I, I don't think he's done anything stupid this season. Did he get a red card earlier? No, it's, it's not really. I mean, someone. his dis- his discipline. I don't think so. I'm a, my family is from Stoke, so I have a keen interest in their goings on as well. He, it's not so much that his his discipline's not as big of an issue as his own estimation of his place in the footballing world. If you get what I mean, he always felt that he was far too good for Stoke, and so just I think he had quite a bad attitude about training and games. In spite of the fact he was still their top scorer, so. You don't have too many qualms, but I think there was that whole mm. attitude side of things, which you he see has, increasingly been, teams under like Pochettino and Klopp not having any bar of these days. Yeah, well, I think he did get a couple of. I remember him elbowing someone in the face when he was a West Ham player and getting sent off. I don't yeah. know if it was this season or last, but I, I actually think if he went to a bigger club and wasn't guaranteed to start, it'd maybe get the best out of him. Kind of what's happening with Shakiri at uh, Liverpool a little bit too. Um, I'd love for Spurs to to sign him. Um, Imagine as a the fee. Striker. Imagine the fee for Anatovich now. It's got to oh, be. It'd be huge. It'd be. I don't know mil. what his contract status would be, but yeah, it'd be forty, fifty mil. Um, to be, he's actually the perfect option for us because he can also play out wide, play that yeah. Son role. Um, yeah, you're absolutely can give, right. Can give Kane a break. Um, but look, it'd never happen. Uh, Wouldn't he's, it? What twenty eight, twenty nine now? Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess not. We don't sign anyone, let alone sign anyone that age. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. I know. Yeah. I suppose not I, for that money as a backup. If there was, if there was a Nautovic type out there across the European leagues, capable of that, uh, bit of brilliance, and but still not at Kane's level. But you know, you'd be happy enough to start him and give Kane a break, say against Huddersfield. Um, that's that's who we've, we've needed. Um, mm. Lorente's not that. Jansen's clearly not that. But yeah, I I, I just love watching uh, an Outovich play. I think the, the Joff's words from Zlatan Light is mm. he's just got that real aura and arrogance about the way he, he does. moves. And yeah, it was mm. it's great. No mate, that's a bloody good shout. Now you mentioned to me off air that you had a second choice in case I picked him. Yeah, no, that was Richarlison. Okay. Uh, if you if you had have picked him. Uh, I would have gone with Richarlison, just purely, again, off the eye test, really, of, of watching who do I like watching the most. Yeah. So, so that's obviously going to rule out guys like Maguire and, and yeah. Ake uh, more so, and then Chilwell, um, than, than it would have an attacker. But, yeah, look, I, I really rate Richarlison. Yeah. Uh, I was great under Silva at Hull, was it? Yeah, at Hull. And, well, he was great um, for the first 10 games. Not, yeah, the next, well, not the next 28. Well, uh, it's the silver connection. I mean, <laughs> he, he's got his man. So. It's a silver lining. 
Yeah, and he's really... Uh, I said you did there, Sam. Uh, <laughs> but, no, I think he's got a bit of the... If, if Arnautovic is Zlatan Light, I'm going to call Richarlison Alexis Light. He's got a bit of that Alexis uh, Sanchez mould of... He, he looks like a winger, stature-wise a winger, and he's a bit of a hog. But when he plays centrally, it's working. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, um, I, I think he's he's a he's a very good player. And I think you'd have, I think you'd find plenty of uh, Manchester United fans listening in tonight who would be happy to probably swatch Richarlison for Alexis <laughs> at this stage. So yeah. maybe and maybe Alexis is Richarlison like, <laughs> and save about three hundred thousand pounds a week. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, all right, so just to wrap up, we've gone with Zaha and. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say Richarlison, but I now sorry, mate. You, I am listening. I am listening to what you're saying. I do. Swear. You, the Macedonian wedding hasn't started yet. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hey, just to caveat our selections there a little bit. I was I was having a little bit of difficulty myself because I was thinking guys like again, not necessarily the eye test, but guys who I just like who's really impressed me this season. James Madison comes to mind and. Um, there's some guys, some other guys, and I just sort of I didn't know who, to, yeah, and I didn't know who to go for. With like, and obviously Pickford's been brilliant this year. Um, Speaking of lights, Ryan Fraser, I uh, heard compared to Ludovic Julie light. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Did you see that one? <laughs> no, I had not seen that. Who was that? Uh, is that just people? Is that just people comparing? Eight? Uh, yeah, I think it's people just comparing him to another short person. <laughs> I thought he was more of a security light. Yeah. Just that little short, stocky <laughs> left footer. But uh, again, Digny, I thought he's been brilliant for Everton, as much as it annoys me that he keeps on putting the boot in about Liverpool. But he's been great for for Everton this year. Kurt Zuma's been doing pretty good things. Yeah, for he's, well. he's revitalised his career a little bit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, anyway, like, like we are saying, lots of defenders that looked pretty good too. Uh, Alright mate, well this is it, this is time for you to earn your, earn your big bucks on the f- Footballing Friends. Um, now we didn't have a competition last week. No, no, our best bet was not to bet. Yeah. So, been banking it up and look, I, I did say I'd probably go a little safer because we're, we're two and three since we've made it a competition. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to, to maybe... Even a ledger a little bit, but I find it quite tough after an international break to, you know, feel confident after you know having that that break. Um, just you know, form can go out the window a little bit. Sure. Um, so yeah, this one got there's seventy bucks up for grabs for the winner of the competition. Um, so we might go with the competition question first. So question this week is which Premier League player was the joint Oh, well, actually, we won't go with that question because <laughs> I just realised there's still games to be played after we're recording. Ah, so okay, yeah, that's a good point. That actually be the, the question. Uh, so we'll go with the backup question. Make so we've got work. the London derby uh, this weekend between Tottenham and Chelsea. Uh, if you can name the last person to play for both clubs. A nice, simple one, uh, just in case the earlier question which was going to be which Premier League player was the top goal scorer joint top goal scorer in the Nations League uh, which would have been Mitrovic but I just realised there's still games to be played and I think he's got a game left to play so he might not even be joint top goal scorer yeah. if he scored in that so <laughs> scrap that it's the last person to play for both 
Spurs and Chelsea. So just the one last player. Yeah, whoever was the most recent okay. to have played for both. Um, yeah, there's. I actually don't know the answer off the top of my head. I've got two that are in, in my mind. I can't remember which one's more recent, but I will look it up. Yeah, I thought um, you might have gone down the manager round, and then I obviously knew the answer there. So I'll have to, to have a think myself to try and yeah. enter under a different name in the competition. <laughs> and to win the 70 bucks. Yeah. But, yeah, so here is, and for all those that aren't entering the comp and just want some weekly betting tips, we are, like I said, uh, doing 10 bucks a week, so 380 bucks across the Premier League season. We're one 330 bucks so far, so we're, we're nearly in profit for the season. Mate, you're doing very uh, a well. Win, a win here would take us there, and, and here's the legs we're going with. Uh, I'm going to speak a, speak a little bit slower when you say it, because I'm going to do it as you say it. Yep, okay, so here we go. So we're down in the lower leagues. Um, gone Portsmouth away to Scunthorpe. So uh, that's, that's in the championship. Uh, league one, okay. I think. Down in league one. Um, look, Portsmouth are, are top or second on the table. Scunthorpe lower to mid-table. I don't know. I don't really like the away away sides, but going with it, I, I try, I, I'm backing in Portsmouth there. Just for a win? Yep, just for the win. Uh, Wolves got them to win at Huddersfield. Thought they were very good against Arsenal before the break. Yeah. Uh, Huddersfield, Huddersfield. <laughs> uh, then I've got next up Man United to beat Crystal Palace. I said never again with United, but I'm doing it again. Surely <laughs> they can't not win that at Old Trafford. Uh, mm. Your boys, Liverpool away to Watford. Just think that's that's. Some good value. Uh, Liverpool's, yeah, have been one of the strongest sides of the season. Um, can't look beyond them there. And controversially, I am going with Dilly Ding Dong, Fulham <laughs> at home against Southampton. So, wow. new manager bounce. I'm going to give Ranieri a win, game number one. And it's just, look, I know they haven't been great, but. He, he might just t- turn things around a little bit there. And, and let's, let's face it, they are playing Southampton as well, who aren't great. And the odds, I think they're about $2.60. Um, I, it was just too too hard not to, to chuck them into the multi. Um, yeah. You know, I know they generally can be that little bounce back after a new manager comes in. And, yeah, I know the break might have taken some of that away, but at the same time, it might have given him a chance to, to work and, and get some confidence back into guys like Tom Kearney and um, Seri and a few of the other midfielders who just look bereft of confidence at the moment mm. and, yeah, make the most of a, a pretty ordinary Southampton side they come up against. Mm. So, yeah, for our friends, enter the competition on our uh, new episode tweet or inbox you on, in, on Instagram and you can win $70. That's a great... Sports bets money. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, mate, that's Gamble great, responsibly. Some, some great shouts in there. I mean, Fulham are paying $2.50 this week, which is crazy in itself, I think. It's, it's pretty good. Like you say it's a good find against Southampton, new manager bounce. Yeah, and I think the other one, like I said never again with United, but to be paying $1.36 against Crystal Palace... Um, that's still Old Trafford. It's still Man United. That's that's great value. Mm. Uh, probably my obviously Portsmouth going away side in a lower league. That's a bit 
risky. Um, and then Liverpool, I was a little, you know, $1.50 I've got them at. Um, I just think that's, that's too good to pass up. Um, mm. now, I can't, now I can see them getting the win there. Yeah, no, good shout. Um, mate, it's flown by this week and that's just another great week. Has indeed. It's been a yeah. It's, it's good to be revitalised after the break and and whip through the Nations League. But we'll be back reviewing all the games next week and hopefully reviewing a good multi victory. Yeah, and I think it's probably worth just just having a quick two minute squiz over the fixtures this week. You've alluded to obviously the biggest game of the week, which is uh, on the late game on Saturday, which is Spurs hosting Chelsea. Uh, is that in the new stadium, Justin? Still not. <laughs> no, not ready yet. <laughs> no, James. no, yeah. no. I knew that. I knew that. <laughs> it's uh, don't say that again. <laughs> Let's not go um, down that path. We could be here for a while. Uh, it'll be brilliant when it's done. You can't be. You can't yeah. get upset. Um, West Ham versus uh, hosting City, which is quite will be an interesting game. I think. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. It'll be that interesting. You think they'll just get swatted aside? I don't know. International yeah. break could sort of. I don't know. Could yeah, potentially. That's that's the thing. I think there's been a couple of injuries as well. I mean, Bernardo Silva might have picked up an injury for yeah. um, on Portuguese duty. So, yeah, maybe. I, like I said, it's it's always hard. That's why I didn't touch City. I don't. You throw a little bit of the form out the window, and that's probably why I, I didn't put Chelsea in the the multi this week. Um, you know, but pre. International break, I would have thought for sure they'd, they'd do the number on us, but I think we're we're a bit of a fighting chance. Yeah, and you've been doing I don't know you've been you've been we've been eating things recently. out. We've been we've been pretty crap, um, but we've been getting results. But you know maybe a little bit of a break, yeah. revitalise now and and go again. Where I think if we beat them, we go ahead of them. So we're only a point or two off. I'm pretty sure. Uh, what are we? Yeah, one point behind them. So. Who knows, you know, the first 12-game block could mean well, it's a building block for us. We have we can't play too much worse. Um, but if we, if we, <laughs> if we turn it around, man. yeah, look, if we turn it around and start to play good and, and turn, you know, the next 12 games into 30-plus points, um, yeah, it's it's going to be pretty pretty ominous for the sides around us. Yeah, no, good shout. And just to throw in another fixture from the bottom of the table, Newcastle playing away to Burnley. It doesn't seem crazy watching the two teams in 14th and 15th, but you know, a loss for either of those teams sees the, could see them back in the relegation zone potentially. So anyway, yeah, interesting, exactly. interesting there too. All right, Sam, it's been great. It has indeed, my friend. You get back to that Estonian yep. wedding. The uh, Macedonian wedding is just Macedon- about to start and we're Macedon- all wrapped up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, mate, take it easy. All right, see ya. Until next week, friends, see ya. See ya. That was good. Yeah, that'd be nice.